She's not interested anymore. Well, Amy, what did we just watch? We watched Happy Death Day. Yep. The 2017 Groundhog Day was horror it 2017? film. I feel like that was... I feel like 2017 was a long time ago. It was about 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. <laughs> March was five years ago, so, yeah, so 2017. 2017 would be 10 years ago. That, that's, that's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the Groundhog Day, but it's a horror movie where she keeps dying and then waking up again. Yes. Um, yes. Also, kind of like uh, Russian Doll, where she kept dying and then waking back up again. Yes. Um, although different in many key respects. Well, yes, and Russian Doll is post Happy Death Day. Is it? Yeah, that's how time works. I don't know. That's how time. I don't works. know how time works. I know. I know. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> well, in both but cases, yes. it was the main character's birthday. So yes, yes, that's all I remember. Dying. So I wasn't really in a movie mood <laughs> so i just let kevin pick yeah and then i and asked you to I, I asked you to sell me on this one before we watched it so what did you tell me i said it's groundhog day but it's a horror movie and she dies and then keeps waking back up and you're like i know what the movie's about kevin <laughs> sell me on it uh and that's all i had i didn't i was not able to sell you on it more than that okay. um we watched it anyways. We watched it anyways. <laughs> so these are our first impressions, full of spoilers. If you don't want the spoilers, turn off now yeah. and um, watch it, and then get and then come back, I and guess. then and then come back. Yeah. Uh, so this seemed like a silly concept to yes. me from the outside. You're you're not wrong. It did seem look, like a silly concept from the outside. It, uh, it didn't look like a quality horror film to mm-hmm. me. But I actually really enjoyed it. Good. <laughs> I did. I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was not in the least bit scary no. at all. No. So, um. It was definitely, I, I hesitate to call it a horror comedy. Yeah. Because it wasn't either, nor was it like particularly funny either. Like I think some of the great horror comedies out there like Cabin in the Woods or Tucker and Dale vs. Evil or even things like Shaun of the Dead um, are funny. They yeah. make you laugh. La- this didn't. Laugh out loud. I didn't like laugh at this a lot. It was just. It was pretty light. Yeah. But you know what? The characters were like interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. So. That made it entertaining. Yeah. It was um, well made. Well. Well acted. Well, and I think the two things that we talk about the most, and what we like in a horror film, even this, this is. I mean, this is. Spinning a slasher film. Yeah. Uh, so the horror genre of slasher, even though mm-hmm. it's not really scary. Yeah. Um, but so we're looking for a new take on the genre mm-hmm. and, uh, horror films that are not actually about the actual the scary horror thing. going on. <laughs> so that's something we else. like horror as metaphor. Yeah. So this had both. This had both. Yeah. And so I, I appreciate that. So it's take on a... I would say it's more a take on a slasher film than it is like repeating the day. Yes, kind of. Because I, I am always down for a time loop movie. Mm-hmm. Like this movie being a time loop movie was all I needed, and so that's why that's all I said to you is like it's like Groundhog Day. But and you're like I'm not sold. Um, but yes, this was much more a slasher film than it was a time loop. That movie. was the, that was the forefront yes. of a genre we're going with. Yeah. Um, Because time loop movies 
tend to do a lot more with the premise. This one didn't do a lot with the mechanisms of being able to loop through time. Like there was the, the montage sort of in the middle where she eliminated all of her friends. And like, well, it's none of them. Yeah. Figured out they were not the killers. Yeah. And, and the, but that was like five minutes. Yeah. And also a relatively small number of loops. Right. I think we were uh, under 20. Like yeah. I actually counted. 20. Um, I think it was 12. Um, let me pull up my notes. She at one time referenced being killed 16 times, but I don't know if she well, was, like, just throwing a number out there. Yeah. So the, the end loop count I had was actually 11 at the end. Um, that was ones we saw on screen, so it is always possible there are ones we didn't see. Um, but in comparison to something like Groundhog Day, where it's kind of roughly agreed upon that it was about 10 years worth of loops. Mm-hmm. Um, so literally thousands of times through. Yeah. This Which was you over... don't see all no, of them. No, not on Groundhog's Day. In Groundhog's Day, I think you see like 37 or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, but this, like the impression was we saw almost all of the loops. Mm-hmm. Like that was the impression I got was... Yeah. It was they not did. exactly real time, but um, not skipping over a bunch of Right, things. not years yeah. or weeks. Um, so the premise of the film is a sorority girl who... You know, I think they did a good job of establishing the world yeah. and this character pretty quickly. Um, it seems really like a mean, not great person, yeah. sorority girl. Um, and it's her birthday and um, she goes through a normal day and then is stabbed by a, a person s- in a creepy baby mask. Because the college they go to, their, their mascot, mascot is, is the a creepy babies. baby. <laughs> Yeah, creepy baby with one front tooth. Yeah, yeah, that was like that was the least believable part of this time travel slash movie. Weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> so and then finds like after she's killed, she wakes up in the same place and repeats mm-hmm. the day. And you know you can kind of tell from the genre what's going to happen from there. She's going to try to figure out like, did I imagine yep. the day before? Can I stop it? Like. Um, so she's gonna it. like yeah. once she figures out that this um, person with a knife and a baby mask is keeps trying to kill her. You know she's trying to prevent mm-hmm. uh, by locking herself in a room and and different ways, and then trying to eliminate who she thinks might be in the mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is maybe something that is unusual in the time loop genre is that she's getting weaker each yes. time. So that is, that is something that is rarer in the time loops. Um, she doesn't... Like, it's sort of implied that, like, she's sustaining some of her injuries. Because when she gets hospitalized after half a dozen or so loops, the doctor comes in and is like, you should be dead, like, with all the scar tissue and terrible stuff going on in your body. Um, so, yeah, it's certainly implied that, like, she's keeping some of these as remnants um, which reminded me of the Tay Diggs vehicle, Daybreak, which was a time loop TV series, which are typically very hard to pull off. And this one didn't do didn't. great. Um, it lasted a season. And um, he kept all of his injuries, like, to the next day. So, like, one day he got shot. 
and then like woke up the next morning with a oh bullet God, hole in him and has to deal with that, yeah. um, which added in the serialized format added some tension and things like that because he couldn't just kill himself and move on to the next day or just you know move on to things. He had to deal with it. Um, added some clarity. Yeah, so that was unusual in this. Um, I don't know if there was more that you were going to say on that part. No. Okay. You learn that the trauma that she's really dealing with is her mother's death. Mm-hmm. She and her mother share a birthday, so her birthday is an especially hard time of year mm-hmm. um, for her in grieving. So that's really the trauma that she's hasn't She's been in, like, denial. Yeah. And, and, um... Choosing to ignore. Choosing to ignore by doing some self-destructive kind of behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, um... And when she confronts those, that's when things start turning around. Yes. Although it's worth noting, I think it's... I think this is something that's really interesting about it. Um... Getting her life together is not what stopped the time loop. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, cause I think that's sort of the expectation. It, it kinda, you kind of get a false ending. You do. You which, think it's which end. I enjoyed. Yeah. I enjoyed the false ending. You thought, okay, happily We've ever after. It. Um, and then she wakes up again and it's like, oh no, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I think a little bit playing with sort of the expectations that like, you know, you have to, you have, you have to repeat the same day over and over again until you can get it right. Until you can learn a lesson or something like mm-hmm. that. And in this case it was no, just stopped from dying um and we we learn who was actually trying to kill her the whole time was not who we had been led to believe it was mm-hmm. um and so once she accomplished that then the loop actually stopped yeah. once she just didn't die um which was a yeah it was a nice little subversion of, of expectations there Yeah, I think it was funny that the cupcake was the murder weapon. I I so of all of the like well-developed characters, like really really Tree and Connor Carter something. Oh, Carter Carter. Carter. Um the roommate was super underdeveloped, I felt like, mm-hmm. as far as a murder and like the movie even kind of points it out like you you killed me because of a guy I dated. Yeah. Um which Definitely feels out of left field in the way that a lot of slasher movies do, <laughs> which is not a compliment. <laughs> and also, like, why is this, this killer? Oh, why do oh, they want to kill? Okay, sure. All these people. Um, and in this case, the answer was because we wanted to have a twist at the end. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was that the was answer. the answer. Um, and it was a surprise. It was cute, and she was smart enough to figure it out. Like, oh, I died in my sleep because I ate the cupcake, and That's it was poisoned. Different. Um, and then we got that fight scene in the bedroom, which felt not out of place, but felt totally different than I think everything that had been happening so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't feel like a slasher flick in the same way. It felt um, more grounded or more brutal, like smash, literally smashing a cupcake in her face, and... Like suffering head wounds and things like that. I don't know. It was it was a weird less of the kind of cartooniness of the slasher. Yeah, well, yeah, and there's there's a um, a sleekness to the best slasher movies. I think um, 
where they are violent but not necessarily gory. They are they are you know designer suits um, in the sense that they're they're almost beautiful sometimes in sort of the the articulation of of whatever is going on the aesthetic of the slasher film. And obviously things play around with that and don't always do that. But I think of like Halloween being the sort of the proto example where everything feels smooth. Mm. Um, and then the violence is supposed to sort of break that, but the violence also tends to be very high concept violence. Like I think of the arrow coming through the guy's neck in Friday the 13th. Like it was, it was bloody and like a terrible way to die, but it was also very stylized. That's yeah, the word I'm looking for. It stylized. Does, it doesn't look the way it would look if it were realistic. Yes. And it doesn't have to be realistic. But I think the the final fight scene with her roommate turned more towards that realism. Mm-hmm. Um which was interesting. I don't know if I if I have any more thoughts about it other than identifying, hey it did that thing. Um but that was neat. I enjoyed the main actor, mm-hmm. uh, Jessica Roth. Yeah, I don't know her from anything else. I don't I think she's looking, done much. Um, I think she's in La La Land. Okay, but that's and then some TV shows. Yeah, but I, I, uh, she was engaging to mm-hmm. watch. Yeah, she brought a lot to the role. Different. Um, I always imagine. I mean, I, I know very little about film and performance. Mm-hmm. That it's difficult to perform these time loops each time slightly differently. Yes, and not just get stuck in the rut of it. Like, because I think as a film actor, you get really good at kind of performing the same scene the same way, exact way, over and over again, because they're going to edit, like, seven different takes Mm -hmm. into one Yeah. Oh, that's scene. an interesting thought. But you're like, okay, this is the first time you wake up in yeah, the dorm room. Having that identification of this like, what am I doing? This is the third time you wake up in the dorm room. Yeah, that is that is a very minor thing that I I was bothered by a little bit. Is um, so there's the opening scene on the quad where she's walking around. That sort of becomes a thing. Lots of time loop movies do which is sort of create these touchdowns yeah. like hey there's this thing that's this, gonna happen this is this, gonna happen this is gonna happen and like knowing this is a time loop movie like it's very blatantly clear that's what they're setting up yeah. when she first walks through the quad on on loop one um or loop zero um but something that bugged me a small amount is that no matter how much time she spent in the dorm room Everything else only got started when she walked outside. That's true. Sometimes she'd spend there and have like a conversation and she'd like say, give me that aspirin and do these things. Sometimes she would literally like scream and run out the door. Well, the way they got around that is the roommate coming back always at the same time. And she always left around the time when the roommate came in. She did. So apparently the time was always about the same that she stayed in the dorm room. By that. Allegedly, yes. <laughs> but you're not sitting there with a stopwatch. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things that, because this is a slasher movie more than it is a time loop movie, I feel like they just didn't care. They didn't They didn't want to. They didn't want to deal with the ramifications of small changes having big impacts further down the line. Um, they wanted to do the same thing and just have her running through it multiple times. Um small difference you know small not a big deal but an interesting 
omission. Um, yeah, that's what I thought about that. I was like, man, it's always the exact same sequence of events because it has to be because it's a time loop. But and we've set up this premise, but it doesn't always stay the same when things change. I don't no. know. Yeah. No. Uh, another kind of nitpicky thing. Yeah. About when so you figure out you're going to be stabbed. I think it's funny that the stabbing always happens at night. Yes. Like she never makes it into the next day mm-hmm. and like gets stabbed. Yeah, it's always that evening. During the day, yeah, it's always it's always that evening. Um, it does remind me that I, I just wonder if this is because of the world we live in now that Sasha films like this isn't scary. They're they're not building up a lot of suspense. Period. Yeah. Slasher films can be suspenseful, suspenseful and scary. But someone running at you with a knife. No one has ever run at me with a knife. Yeah. So. <laughs> I feel a lot less fear for the person running away from the knife because the other person has to catch up with them. Yes. <laughs> so there, that leaves you a lot of strategies yeah. for um, how to escape. Yeah. Um, Unlike well, a monster who, uh, like, uh, yeah, who, is... who, who can run faster than you. Yes. Well, and that's and that's why a lot of times people in slasher movies like the bad guys michael myers freddy krueger jason are portrayed as supernatural to a certain extent um you know michael myers is only ever referred to as the shape in the first halloween movie yeah when they also have like a mask yeah that makes it a little uncanny Mm -hmm. a little heightened scary and this time you have the creepy baby yeah. Mask, which you gotta have is not mask. just a creepy baby mask. That is their mascot. Yeah. Like that. For the university. Such a weird, like, excuse. Like, it's supposed to be so they can have, like, fake outs of, like, oh no, everyone's wearing this mask. Who is it? But, like, I feel like you could accomplish something very similar with something with a different mask. I don't know. They just I like the know. visual of the it's baby. It's a visual. Mask. It gets on the movie poster and you're like, yeah. "Oh, it's this slasher movie." It's, identi- this. it's, it's identifiable. So, yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. I am um mildly curious to see where the sequel goes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, cuz when I saw the sequel come out, I was like, this is a dumb concept to repeat." But it now is, I'm kind of interested but, to see. You know, I'd, I'd watch it. Uh, <laughs> um Oh, I've had, here's here's an interesting thing the film did that I thought was thinking about last night. Um, so, over the course of the movie, we're led to believe that this serial killer is the one who is responsible for the murder because he's killed other people and he escapes from the hospital. Um, but the first time we interact with him on screen, a he takes the mask off very quickly if he's wearing it at all. I don't mm-hmm. I don't remember. Um, but b he uses a gun. Like he, we see yeah. him shoot somebody very early on, which is yeah. a um, subversion of what we've seen from the killers so far. But it's a subtle right. way to indicate to the audience that not all is what we think is going on here, because he's not shy about using a gun to kill people. Right. Those little clues that are kind of sprinkled in. Yeah. Which I thought did a good job of making it clear, like he's not the guy without strictly saying he's not the guy. Mm-hmm. But making it feel un- incorrect, almost. Because it's not a slasher movie if the person's using a gun. Right. And there, 
there should have been other questions there about this particular uh, convict serial killer. Sure. Like, how did he choose Tree as his victim? If he's yes. been in custody the whole time. Like, yes. Because there's a clear, like, stalking element. Yes. So how would he have yeah. well, and found like, her? Um, and... When she locks herself in the room and still gets murdered. Like, we understand it by the end. Like, oh, it's because it's her roommate that's doing these sorts of things. That's doing this. And is sort of, you know, aware. So finding those inconsistencies, which could feel like just kind of mediocre filmmaking, become more deliberate. Yeah, Once do. we know what's going on. That, yeah, yeah. Oh, they were pointing to something. Yeah. At the end. Which is, that, which is that nice. That I didn't, you know, I, I like it when I don't see endings coming. Mm-hmm. I don't try to figure out what the yeah. ending's going to be. Um, so... When I do figure it out, then I'm really disappointed. Because yeah. I wasn't trying to figure it out. Um, but. Why was the mask in the doctor's office when she thought it was the doctor for a while? I mean, I f- because that's the, the university mascot. Everybody's got this weird baby mask. You just carry around your university yeah. paraphernalia. That's, yeah, that's true. That that was that was the best yeah. I could. That's That's, I think, is the answer that we're going with. Um, I did write fart jokes are always good. Um, when she's she's explaining things to Carter for the third or fourth or fifth time. Yeah. And she's just farting in front of him because she doesn't care. <laughs> that amused me. Uh, here's a question for you, Amy. Had the phrase, love is love, already become cliche by 2017? Or was it still kind of considered, like, groundbreaking and interesting? Or do you even know the context of what I'm bringing to this? I don't, and I don't even remember whatever you're referencing That's in the fair. film. So she discovers that the guy who she thought was stalking her because they went on a date is gay because um, she catches him watching gay porn. It doesn't actually make him gay. Yeah, that is, yeah. But the movie doesn't, doesn't deal with that. Um, it just makes that assumption. Um, and then on her redemption loop, where she's, you know, making amends with everybody, she goes, I know what's really going on. It's okay. Love is love. Go find some hot man ass. And for a while, um, post Macklemore's gay love anthem, mm-hmm. where he had to make it clear at the very beginning he's that he's not, not gay. not gay. Um, and then... After that, at some point, I want to say it's when Lin-Manuel Miranda won an award. Probably the Tony for for Hamilton. But I don't remember when that was, because time is an illusion. Um, part of his acceptance speech for whatever award this was, was he said, love is love is love is love is love is love is love. And that was sort of a big moment. And then love is love became memified to a certain extent i think in the immediate aftermath not that that phrase hadn't existed before then uh, but it kind of became memified and then i think it kind of fell out of favor as being like overly cliche yeah. at least in certain queer communities where um the the commentary i saw about it was like yes love is love and that's important and if you're gay you should be able to marry whoever you want and fall in love with whoever you want um, but that it ascribes a certain like pureness to a sex to homosexuality, um, that like it's, it, it elevates it and it's like, 
the gay people are just like straight people in the sense that they can have any sort of relationship that they want. It doesn't have to be like striving towards gay marriage because that was sort of the touch point for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you can have all sorts of weird relationships and it's fine. You can just bone down if you want. No, I I missed cool. this conversation. It's entirely possible I made most of this up in my well, head. No, but it, I did it see sounds people like it's taken around it. some 2017 and I don't remember 2017 because I was sick the yes, entire year. So, fair. Um, um, so I, don't, I, I, I really got distracted by your, um, okay, it was, oh, it, it was Lin-Manuel Miranda at the MTV Movie Awards. Music Awards? Video Awards? Wait, wait, wait. VMAs? No, this is MTV. So, MTV, Tony oh, Awards. Was Tony Awards in 20... 2016. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. The, I, I thought there was something... That's right. It happened right after the Pulse shooting. That's what it was. Because yes. I was thinking, he wasn't just like... Saying it, it. I remember watching that Tony Awards because so much of it was like taking into account this yes. massive um, shooting. And a lot of the speeches mm-hmm. were... Yes. And we were getting to the point where we kind of saw whether what was happening with the 2016 election. And yes. we were all like... What? It's a very high tension moment. But I thought facts were facts. <laughs> <laughs> How did this happen? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the. That was. So, if that was in 2016, and this was, I think, in the before it had any sort of backlash, because oh, it's now I hear when people say love is love, I I cringe a little bit at it almost. I get that the way you've just explained it. I've never noticed it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> You're and. you're not extremely online the way I am. Yeah. Annoyingly so sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, so knowing knowing that timeline makes that line less of a an issue to me or a concern or a self aware moment about all because I don't think it was. Uh, I think it's interesting. I want to mention Bloomhouse as the produ- production of this mm-hmm. or Blumhouse, I don't know. Um, because this felt very much like a Blumhouse movie to me in a lot of ways, in the, the sort of horror adjacency, but also the relatively low budget, yep. the mostly unknown cast. Um, Not a lot of special effects. No, I, I mean, like other than the death effects, yeah, the death really effects. none. Yeah, um, because time loop movies are cheap. Like that's a that's you, you got why like they exist. Sets. <laughs> yeah. It's all done in the acting and the editing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's interesting because I thought I, I kept thinking I recognized people for, in this movie, and then looking them up as we were watching, I'm like, nope, nothing, nobody, nothing. Um, no big. Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, Blumhouse. Blumhouse. Although Blumhouse is a lot of hit or miss. Yes. Like, there's well, a lot. There's a lot more miss. That's their strategy. I yeah, feel like. Yeah, they give a little bit of money to a whole bunch of different filmmakers, and and sometimes go. they turn into Paranormal Activity or um, uh, I think um, Jordan Peele's first movie was a Blumhouse. Get out. Yeah, get out. Us might have been also. I don't remember. Um, I mean, there are also like Monkey Pop Productions is his is now his production house. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, and and I appreciate Blumhouse for doing that because it is economically sound. Because you do any movie that makes a profit, it's it's easy for a cheap movie to make a profit, 
and you make a bunch of cheap movies, the profit-making ones subsidize the not profit-making mm-hmm. ones, and you get the occasional giant hit that does really well. Um, Get Out was... Get Out was a As well as Monkey Paw. Yeah, well, yeah, I knew it was also a Monkey Paw, because that was one of the first Monkey Paw productions. Um, Wasn't... uh, Sorry, we're always off topic by the end. The, like, monthly holiday horror films on Hulu, aren't those all Bloomhouse? Are they? I feel like they're not. Okay. Um, Although, I'm probably wrong. Most of them look pretty silly, uh, though I did enjoy the Pilgrims one, but yeah. I was probably the only one, and for very different reasons than uh, um, than most. What was Into the Dark is the name of the series. Oh, I don't want that. Excuse me. Oh. Time may be an illusion, but I also get sleepy real fast Fair. these days. Um, it is. It was Bloomhouse Television. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought they were all. You were right. Because those, the Bloomhouse ones, horror films on um, Hulu are, like, decidedly bad. Yes. Well, most of the stuff Bloomhouse has made is bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of it is good, but most of it is not. Uh, which is fine. Like, that's, I think of that as, like, being, like, the actual spirit of experimental and, like, indie spirit sort of films is you make lots of stuff lots of it doesn't work uh, and occasionally things turn out real good which is funny but you know it gave us room to make a Thanksgiving horror film yeah which was great Amy's favorite well no not my favorite but your favorite Thanksgiving movie I don't know if it's my favorite Thanksgiving oh well what's your favorite Thanksgiving movie then I don't know I, I, don't I don't know that we have a lot of Thanksgiving movies. We do, but they don't have to deal with, like, the original Thanksgiving myth. Mm. They're more like, people going home to see their families and problems ensue, because <laughs> families are hard. <laughs> that reminds me of, um, for your consideration, we may have talked about this on the Thanksgiving episode. Um, for your consideration, over here on the shelf, is... Uh, like the one Christopher Guest movie that is not a mockumentary, mm. um, which is really interesting. It's still filmed in sort of, it, he, yeah. he still made it in the unscripted sort of fashion that they do. Um, but the premise of it is that it's a, um, it's about the making of a small independent film drama called Home for Purim, which is a Jewish holiday, one of many. Um, and then it starts getting some Oscar buzz. And so it's about how everybody kind of goes nuts thinking they might get an Oscar for this little film. Um, but then also the studio wants it to be, like, changed and made, you know, more approachable. And so it gets turned into Home for Thanksgiving. And the playwright, or not the player, the screenwriter's like, this is an incredibly Jewish story. <laughs> this is important to be part of this conversation. Nope, nope, cool. All Home right. for Thanksgiving. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we're super off topic. Uh, yep. Any thoughts about uh, whatever movie was? No, happy, it's pretty straightforward, simple. It's a pretty easy watch. Yeah. Like, just entertaining. Not scary, but um, but still entertaining. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good Saturday afternoon watch. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yes. And, yeah, it wasn't as silly. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as you feared. As I, was, <laughs> as I feared, so... Yeah, that's 
fine. Not a lot of things to say. I don't, I'm not going to hold a lot of brain space for it in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we're good. All right. We'll say goodnight, Amy. Goodnight, Amy. <laughs>